Welcome to Core Nourishment. I'm Annie Wagner, your host. This podcast is designed to empower, inspire, ignite presence, purpose, and intention in your day. Welcome back to the Core Nourishment Podcast. I'm Annie Wagner, your host, and thank you so much for for being here. Here I am sitting in my echoey room in the house. Um, The kids and I have had a lot of fun, actually, over the last months, shuffling things around, rearranging, creating different spaces for all of us to continue to create and learn and grow. And for me, for my business, um, I actually really like this room. It's a light blue color, uh, lots of light from the windows. Um, you'll also hear some different sounds. We had a beautiful snowstorm in New Hampshire. So some snow plows, I think some of the wind chimes from the wind blowing pretty fiercely, me shuffling around in my chair. So yeah, just all the realness. And I get to continue to hold space for people to share their stories. Such tremendous vulnerability, courage, strength, wisdom, inspiration, rawness. It is truly a privilege. So if you are interested in being a guest on my podcast, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. You can find me at anniewagoner.com or on Facebook and Instagram at Core Nourishment. And if you haven't already done so, if you wouldn't mind just taking a moment to go to iTunes and offer a rating and a review, I would so deeply appreciate it. So today, episode 37, it was quite a powerful one. I had the pleasure of diving into conversation with Dr. Michelle Mahone. She's a clinical psychologist, a former psychologist for the Navy, and has undergone quite a transformation in the last year and a half. She goes there. Michelle talks about physical pain and then mental and emotional and spiritual anguish, a lot of grief and loss. She and her husband battling infertility as well as just other physical challenges from gut bacteria, um, a lot of inflammation. And yeah, Michelle talks about just literally being brought to her knees and learning to surrender and accept and open her heart and her mind um, and really, really come back to faith and family she she refers to this transformation as an ego death and um, a different kind of awakening that has brought her to where she is now um, in this place of really planting seeds. We're talking literally and figuratively. She and her husband live on a farm in Oklahoma now. Um, that's a whole other story she'll share too. Um, and yeah, they are planting just many, many new seeds. It is absolutely beautiful. We talk about music um, and how healing that has been, um, about exercise and that being a non-negotiable for her in terms of learning to feel and and then also heal. Um, So, so, so much wisdom um, and beautiful vulnerability in this episode. So take take a moment to pause and tune in. Um, You will absolutely love this woman. Excited. 
So thanks yeah. so much for joining me on this. Well, it's snowy here, Michelle. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I'm so excited to have this opportunity to connect with you and hold space for you to share your story. I was so inspired after we connected on the phone a few weeks ago and just listening. Um, and I have no doubt that listeners tuning in are just going to walk away um, with so much admiration and um, skills just from hearing you share your story. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for what yeah. you said and, and for inviting me. Yeah. I'm so I'm glad it's just audio because my face is, is red. Just as you are saying that it's, I want to stay in this place of <laughs> this place of this place of humility, but it's, you know, having so much to share. It's a, I think it's a fine balance. It's so true. Oh my gosh. And so many people could probably relate to just that comment you just said to Michelle. So I hear you on that. Um, so yeah, let's dive in. I, I love to ask and start off my interviews with just asking where, where you're at right in this moment, what is nourishing your soul? If I had to tell you one thing, it would be Christ. And that is because of the restoration that I have seen in my own life and my husband and uh, in our marriage and in numerous other people, um, countless. And so there is so much evidence that has become undeniable in my life um, that I can only point in one direction and say, thank you, God. Thank you for um, sending your son. Because <clears throat> what I've come to, to realize is that there is this amazing resource that I didn't really understand or know most of my life thus far. And even though I've tried, I've, you know, I'm somebody who's... <sighs> done so much research and uh, gone to so many different churches and I've, you know, I've gone internationally to different churches and I've tried to kind of pour through the different religions and figure out what, what is this about? As many people do on kind of their existential quest to kind of figure out what is life about? Why am I here? What's the purpose? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, but also how do I help myself? So all of those questions are answered in one way in, and that's Christ. Um, so that's probably the simplest way to answer your question, but it also is an answer to everything else in my life that is absolutely a gift and is nourishing and fueling me. Um, I've tried for a long time to do this on my own and, uh, and I kept coming up with the same results. And, and that's certainly one definition of insanity is, uh, is believing so much in, in my own will that, okay, I can get things done. I can make things happen. Absolutely. Here's, here's all the demonstrated pieces to this. I can, work on a doctorate, I can, I can get all these things done. Um, mm. But the consequence of that is, is it God's will? I don't know. And for many years, I didn't know. And I thought I did. Um, but what I know now is that I have to ask. So yeah. that's, that's what's been nourishing me is not having to do it all on my own, not having to have all the answers and not having to be the fixer um, in my own life as well as other oh, people's lives. Cute. Yeah. 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 To take the pressure off and to say, maybe I'm not supposed to have all the answers. Maybe I'm not supposed to be enough on my own. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, this is perhaps a, a loaded question, um, but I imagine <laughs> we'll just segue right into you sharing more of your story. What, what was the pivotal moment for you that you awakened more in this way and in, in your connection to Christ? I don't think it's a loaded question. I think it's a, it's, 
it's a question that that draws me into two places into my life. One, and it's almost like there there are two questions within that in my mind. One mm-hmm. is, well, when when did you first know about this, and and when were you in my mind? When was I first uh, aware that God existed and that I was important and um, and that he was somebody that I could turn to. Those are all really different things. I think I can know that there's God and know that there's this amazing resource, but not know how to access that. And that's where I was from the time I was 17 um, and trying to pick up the pieces of after an assault to really years later, um, gosh, this was, we're in 2021 now. So this is 2019. Um, after many years of marriage in heaven, you know, everything as supposedly responsible people figured out, you buy your house and you get all your things squared away and you're just, you think you have, you think you have a life that will result in a certain outcome based on doing certain things in a supposedly responsible way. Um, And that I've come to really only understand is those are just human laws. Those are, those are my, my expectations mm-hmm. and my own priorities and my own stuff. It's all self-will. Um, and of course, it, you know, it, it, it didn't work out the way I had planned. Um, and it, it became, when I say it, <clears throat> what brought me to this level of knowledge of Christ and this complete transition in my life, this transformation, if you will, was, um, when after years of of, uh, of challenges, we'll just say in our marriage through any number of things, um, you know, we've we've dealt with alcoholism, we've dealt with brain injury, we've dealt with infertility, we've dealt with trauma on both sides, um, we've dealt with betrayal um, from from big organizations, um, mm. from people that we trusted, and so everything had had really flipped itself on its head after years of trying to start a family and not being able to, and thinking that, you know, well, here are all the, here are all the things that we're capable of, you know, here's all the stuff I can grow. <laughs> and yet this is not a thing that I can have any control over. Um, and that, that is the way it's supposed to be is what I have come to understand. And so our world sort of fell apart <clears throat> in September of 2019 when we were told uh, that we would not be able to have children. And there's no explanation for this other than modern medicine. Uh, mm-hmm. But that doesn't really, that hasn't really answered a lot of questions in my mind. Um, so it was after, gosh, uh, a lot of trials and tribulations of r- related to infertility, but also um, realizing that we were both really sick and we had H. pylori and didn't know it. And so H. pylori is something that up to 50% of our population has and doesn't know, doesn't even know it. Um, so, so this is, so, a, this is a, sorry to interrupt. Do you mind explaining what that is? for? Yeah. So, so this is a bad, really bad gut bacteria that, um, you know, I learned about, I had a couple of years of medicine and, and I learned about this, but I understood it from the way it was presented as more rare. But what I have come to understand is this is not a rare thing. It can be up to 75% in, uh, in any other country. Uh, and so, so if this is so prevalent, right, well, the symptoms may not start for 10 years. This could be active in your gut. And, and the thing about it is that it hides in, um, you know, and, and 
the deepest parts of your gut. And so even if you do get a test, there is the, the good chance, at least back when I was taking them to you, the sensitivity wasn't as good. Um, there's the good chance that you'd miss it. And so you get a false negative and you think, well, that's not it. So you keep looking, you keep looking. So um, for a very long time, uh, about a decade, I had just tremendous pain that moved all over my body and there were all these problems. And that's that's related to to I think answering your question is because all that was going on at the same time as this. Um, and for a decade, and that's, you were Yeah, you know what? That's just, that was just normal to me. Um, right. <laughs> you just, when you have pain that's chronic, that is just normal. And you so don't have to be different. Yeah. Wow. No, you just, you get used to it. And, and it, yes, it wears on you, but, um, but this is something that, that I came to, to be blessed enough to have experience with and to have tools for. This is where I started my, my practice um, in psychology and so is with pain, ironically enough. And so I didn't know that this was as big of an issue then. I just thought, well, I have some pain and I'm an athlete, so I'm supposed to have some pain. Um, but, but I think that there was probably a lot more than was maybe reasonable. Um, so there's all this physical pain going on. And that is something that, yeah, I can deal with that. Um, it was the emotional it was the emotional and the spiritual mm-hmm. that, that I felt like put us into a chrysalis state where when we were after everything, um, after this doctor that <clears throat> we trusted for over a year, um, just <clears throat> treated us in a way that was not consistent with all of our previous interactions with him. And we got this news. It was just, it was a lot to take. And so to say that we were on the floor was probably completely accurate. Um, and, and where it put me was knowing that, all right, I need to get on the bike. Uh, we've got a stationary bike in our garage and we were backed up to the, to a green belt at the time, which was such a blessing because we needed every bit of green. We needed, I needed to open that. And so every morning I would take my bike out there. It doesn't matter what temperature it was, get on the bike. Um, and this was, this was actually perfect for me is because I, I didn't have enough mental stimulation at five in the morning to really get too worked up about whether I wanted to get on the bike, whether I didn't, or what's right. going on in my life. Like, I don't have any time. I don't have any time to feel any of that. I'm just doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and for a workout, that's, that's what I knew that I needed because otherwise it was not going to happen. And I was going right. to slide into depression and I was going to be stuck. So mm-hmm. I knew that I was just going to be fighting this black hole and it's a familiar black hole. I've been there before, but, but the difference I think at this point in my life is I know what's there. I am not going to go there and I need God every second of the day to keep me from, from being sucked into this. And mm-hmm. so <clears throat> there were times where I'd get on the bike and I'd, I'd start my workout and I'm so thankful for CycleCast. It's a wonderful little app that I would use every morning wouldn't have to come up with necessarily anything myself, just has good music. Within a couple minutes, I mean, I'm going, right? I don't care about anything else. And I'm just getting my workout in. It doesn't matter how I feel because I have to do this. I have to get my workout in to be okay mentally. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I learned back at 17 is if I don't do this, I'm going to be in a pit and I won't be able to get out. It's the only way out. Well, the first step is, is exercise. It's got to be. I've got I've to move. Um, so there are other key ingredients for me, but that, that one starts them all. And it means that no matter what's going on, I'm still treating myself as a priority. I still got to get my work out. I still need all those neurotransmitters to function and to help me, even if I'm in a pit 
of despair. And so, yeah, there were a lot of mornings where um, my workout would just stop um, for a moment because I would just be in a puddle and that was completely uncontrollable. And, uh, and I had to come to a point of acceptance, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. in that process, because that process really ticked me off. I mean, I wanted to get my workout in. I was already filled like dirt. I didn't want to deal with all of that. And, uh, and yeah, I was angry. I was sad. It was just, what's that? Yeah. Like just the simultaneous mind body spark, right? Like by moving your body, you're tapping into all those powerful emotions and and feelings that needed to clearly uproot and come out. But I can only imagine you're like, no, hold on. Let me get through this ride. (laughs) Yeah. You just, you know, you're smiling there and you want to get your workout in. But what I came to realize is that that was the healing that I needed. And, and it didn't look like what I wanted it to look like. It didn't look like what I expected. Um, It looked ugly a lot of the time and I moved my mic. (laughs) It looked, it looked, uh, you know, I I was glad that it was dark and that nobody was outside because I was a wreck uh, pretty much every morning. And, Mm. but I came to be, that was a lifeline for me because, um, because I knew that God was there with me and he knew how important that was and how, how much I was struggling and he never left. And I think in the past, I wasn't clear on where he was. Did he leave me? Is he still there? Mm. And he's always there. And that's what I've come to understand is that, that there's this amazing resource that I can turn to to help me with it, whatever's going on inside. I mean, it, it still involves awareness of my thoughts, feelings, um, and actions, but, but it's, a, it's the big gun. It really is the big gun amongst all the other guns. So wow. it's infertility and, and the emotional, spiritual uh, dissolvement. <laughs> <laughs> what felt like was just completely dissolved from the inside out. And, and we really did have to figure out uh, what's the purpose of breathing. Why? Because we, we were so, we were so sold on this idea of starting a family and, and building a life. And what became of that was uh, questionably idolatry. And, and this is something that I didn't understand. I didn't see it for what it was, but when I saw it threatening my health in every way, when I saw it threatening my marriage, um, and my spouse's health, um, I saw that this is not coming from a place of good and this is not serving us and yeah. we can't continue this. And so it became a question. Now I turned 35. So that's meaningful for, for some perhaps, but, uh, you know, if we're looking at the biological clock, I could be concerned about that. Um, I don't necessarily believe what Western medicine has to say about everything because it's the most, uh, you know, it's the the latest dart that is thrown at the dartboard. Um, there is ancient medicine that I am delving into now, uh, herbal medicine, but also into mushrooms. And I'm thinking about how do I, how do I grow mushrooms in my closet right now? Um, <laughs> but I'm thinking about all these yeah. different things so that I have access to medicine, um, natural medicine, which has got me here. And it wasn't through any kind of modern medicine. I mean, it was through mushrooms. Um, mm-hmm. It was through mega doses of mushrooms that got us well and helped our heal our minds and our bodies um, to the point where, you know, we could come around to, to really understanding that we can, we can handle this emotional and spiritual pain too. And so it basically ripped us a new one. 
And uh, in the process, our threshold increased. And so for that, of course, I'm I'm thankful. It's given us gifts that I never would have imagined. Um, And I I think really it's it's the gift of each other because if there's nothing else, I mean, that's eternal. Yeah. I don't know what else will happen, but that's eternal. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle, I'm just, I'm like, I have the chills and I'm teary over here just listening to you because I can, I mean, your hearts were broken and um, talk about world being flipped upside down and you're just sharing with such courage and vulnerability. Um, Thank you. Like it's powerful and your ability to, I mean, to, to see right where you are now to look back and see the hidden gifts that have shown up um, and what has, I guess what you've opened your eyes up to and opened your heart up to since going through all this is, is absolutely incredible. So thank you for sharing. Well, thank you. I think, I think we, part of me is reticent to say this because I think everybody will understand, but uh, when you ask to be humbled, <laughs> stand by. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, and since this time, we've unexpected mm. in certain ways, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, but but asking to be humbled uh, and having that result has been so amazing because it learning about this this ego death of really having nothing and knowing that everything that you thought mattered uh, that was earthly, that was worldly actually mattered for nothing. Um, and you're, I think we're seeing that right now as there's so much that that people thought mattered that just, that just doesn't, mm-hmm. right. It's all the earthly stuff. Um, the stuff that stays here doesn't go with us. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and you, you and your husband definitely it sounds like, had a huge wake up to um, come together and opportunity to come together in a deep way to, to remind each other of what's truly important and, or to, I guess, <laughs> learn in a whole new way. Like I'm trying to, you know, to imagine, I can't imagine some of the pain that you emotionally and physically have experienced. Um, and to just be sitting here, over Zoom, seeing you and your vibrancy and feeling your energy um, and what you've learned is is incredible. So, yeah, um, I want to well, go. Thank back you for to, the opportunity. Yeah. Oh my god. Because it isn't something that I back then would have thought I would necessarily talk about. And I mean, infertility is such a. It's one of those. It feels so taboo to talk about. I mean, it's all the women's issues, and we say women's issues, right? But as though they're somehow separate from men. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, you know, babies. It's like, well, you know, they're yeah. Anyway, you get my drift. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> we just don't talk about these things. We don't talk about this pain, and we don't talk about uh, the communion and the community that we can have in that pain. And that's a big gun. And there's this whole other resource of spiritual and emotional help for people that have gone through such heartbreak and, and this is being kept, right? Just the word God is, is being kept. And so for this return to faith and family to really happen, I think think people need to know that there is this resource out there and it is better than you can even imagine. And it can bring you back from what you feel like is death because we were 
we were dead in our sins. I can tell you that when people say that, I sort of understood what they were saying, right? You can sort of get the understanding of, all right, I know what death is. I know what sin is, but I didn't really understand what that was at all. Um, I didn't understand. I think I needed, I needed to read the word too. I needed to read the word every day um, to remind myself that he was real, that I'm real (laughs) and, and that I'm held. And so that practice of resting in God and reading scripture every day, um, that would be how I would spend. Once I got off the bike, I hit my shower, I'd hit my stretching and then my routine is all before work. Hence the 5am is it needed to happen that way so that I could have my hour of scripture. Got to have the workout, got to have the stretch, got to have the scripture. Everything else is debatable. Coffee didn't even matter at that point. It's like, I'm just getting on the bike, but mm-hmm. But that was essential for me to be, for it to be revealed to me what the spirit even is. And, and there's so much talk of idolatry. I don't think we really under, I mean, in general, as a, as a, as a country, I don't think we really understand this because we have things like American Idol. Uh, We're following various idols right now. Uh, They're endless, but we're not talking about what that really means. It's a removal from the purpose, the focus, which used to be God. And it used to be a big gun that everybody had access to Mm -hmm. for all of this emotional pain. And even if it's just a a higher power, that's where it starts. That higher power can be a doorknob. It can be community. It can be other people, I think. I think starting somewhere. Something bigger and greater that is holy. I love that you said the word, um, like being held. Michelle, because that really resonates, like to remember that in all of your pain and, and, and the suffering that you were experiencing, that you were able to get on your bike, move, feel these, feel, but actually allow yourself to feel, and then to remember that you were being held in that, um, no matter what, but yeah, but yeah, to have that connection that whether it's spirit, a higher power, God, yeah. And I think to what comes with that is is fearlessness because nothing on this world really matters anymore. And that's so freeing. You know, the fear of death doesn't matter anymore. And that sounds weird. It may sound, you know, like, well, you're just, you don't really know, or maybe it's arrogant. But um, that was such a gift from this too, is that we didn't know what our purpose was. What we thought was our purpose uh, is still being revealed to us. and. And, and seeing the whole world fall apart months after all of this happened. <laughs> wow. So uh, that September, you said 2019, and then, and then we shifted into 2020. And yeah. Then, and yeah, so all of this happened right before the pandemic. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that that's really uh, interesting timing, and it, it doesn't escape me that our story, along with so many other stories that I've seen, begins before the pandemic. It begin it begins with this awakening. And I think that this is happening all over the world. I think that there I would like to hope that there's a return to faith and family. Um, but I would like to believe that this return to to faith, to seeing that there's something bigger than everything that's going on right now. That there is community in that, that there can be healing. And I think family and communion and all of that. And that what's happening right now really doesn't matter. That sounds maybe callous, 
to say, but I have experienced a level of callousness that I am comfortable, <laughs> comfortable saying what I have, because what I have seen from people who are making more money than you can shake a stick at is they don't see the impact of all of this. Yeah. And if there is an attitude of gratitude and an attitude of faith, the worldly doesn't matter as much. And connecting with people, those interactions all matter. Every single one that we have, this one matters. The ones that I have before this, the ones that I have after this, they all matter. Mm-hmm. And, and being able to communicate, I think, with people and, and to know that fear is not the priority, right? We're not holding fear as this as the the most important thing and idol. It's it's spirit. It's other people and the spirit within that other person that really matters. That's powerful. I feel like when we talk about you know listening to your story and then the what's been going on in the world for the last year year and a half, it's that fear in general. You know, I think people who can who are more um, I guess conscious or sensitive in that way. I know I've been feeling, there's just so much fear reverberating. Yeah. And um, I too like to believe that through all the heaviness and the grief and the loss and the pain that people have been experiencing and that you've been talking about for yourself, that there is opportunity to, to come back home to, to love and to compassion and, um, to consciousness and, and shift out of that fear. So I do think that I've witnessed that happening. And, um, I know that in general, it's hard and that as humans, humans are, um, are tricky, you know, that, that, that fear is easier in some ways, the more comfortable, easier place to, to stay and to reside in. Um, so well, I know it short circuits the brain too. So, I mean, if we just look at this from a, you know, a frontal lobe perspective, if we want to make these sound decisions that are consistent with our values, it's real tough to do that mm-hmm. when we're in this pervasive fear, which robs us of that activity, that very activity that we need, we're being robbed of. Yeah. But, you know, I can think of at the beginning of this, I thought I was just racking my brain and just what can I do? What can I do? What can I produce? How, how do I, how do I help? What do I do? What's the most effective way to help? And, uh, and that's me again, right? Trying to impose my, well, what can I do? What can I, I'm so great. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes from such a beautiful place uh, of like really wanting to be of service. Yeah, so. it does. But, but I can, but into true, yeah. you know, so fast before I, before I stop and, and, and pray about it first. Okay. What, what would you have me do? And that's the only reason we're here in Oklahoma on a farm of 20 acres is, is because in June, we had no plans of picking up and moving. Um, we, had, we, we thought we were in our forever home. We were in the suburbs and we thought it was great. We had a lovely house. I had a group practice job and, uh, and you know, but we again? weren't. What's that? That was in Waco. That was in Waco. That was in Waco, Texas. Okay. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I've been working in this practice and serving Waco and Waco has been uh, so good to me. And and I do miss the people there. Um, In June, God woke us up to the fact that we needed to be elsewhere. And that was very jarring. Um, 
my husband had been ready to move since March and he didn't know where he just, I'm ready. <laughs> I said, I'm not. <laughs> so I was ready in June, but we didn't really know what that meant. And so we prayed about it because uh, that is our way of, of moving through things um, so that we make sure it's not our will um, is we, we know we need help. We don't know what he wants from us. We don't know uh, how we're supposed to serve. We don't know. I mean, even in what capacity. So uh, I've just been doing what I think is, is best to try and serve. And he's been doing the same thing. I've been doing counseling and yoga and he's been doing jujitsu and having to, you know, having to go underground to do that. And, and, and it's just been, it's been a heck of a, a road to, to see this practice grow and to see what you think is going to be a place where you raise your kids uh, and, and you have community to actually, this is not your forever home. It doesn't even look like it. Basically pick up your mat and walk. <laughs> so, Talk about transitions so. and oh, the rug kind of being pulled. And I, and I know that that's just a phrase, Michelle, and that um, again, you two like prayed on it and, um, and flowed this time into it, right? But, uh, but yeah, you, oof, lots of transitions. Yeah, in lots your of transitions. Yeah. But my first thought was, you know, my husband said Oklahoma. I said, I didn't say this out loud, thankfully. I told him later. But I said, I am not moving to Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> I am not moving to Oklahoma. And that's just so silly because I had all these mental barriers that were just pointless and meaningless and absolutely wrong. Um, and so I had to, real. I had to be humbled in that regard too, to, to actually come up here and, you know, it's just, it's some of the prettiest country I think I've ever seen. I've been to most of the States. They're all beautiful. Um, but this is just, it's a place that you imagine after World War II, you know, sailor, soldier, whatever's coming home. It's like the Clark Kent house. It's, it's <laughs> where you just, you just imagine this peaceful rolling hills this peaceful valley being um and that's that's uh that's where we were taken and and i'm writing i'm podcasting with you um my husband continues to make music we're playing music together we're in february taking a trip down to um to waco to get some recording time in and and i'm and i'm playing so we had we had a, a consultant out here from the Kerr Center yesterday to walk the land with us and figure out, all right, where do we want to plant things? Where it makes sense? And so there's just, there's all this new possibility of growth and life and, uh, and being able to provide for our community and, and being able to provide for sons and daughters who don't have moms and dads. Um, and it took a long time for me to come around to that. And that to say that probably would have brought tears for, for years, but, uh, but I think that that's kind of what we're called to do. I don't know. I don't know if that means kids or not. God will decide. But what I do know is that we are here to serve. And oh, it's such a it's such a blessing to know why you're called and what you're called to do. And it's not what we signed up to do, but it's it, and it's so much better <laughs> than could have ever been imagined. And for you to be able to say that is. It is incredible, Michelle, um, and how amazing that 
I'm, I'm like loving imagining the, the vision of um, what you're building coming alive, you know, and, and, and just seeing for listeners, I, I get the pleasure of seeing Michelle through Zoom here um, and just the smile on your face and then your guitars up behind you. So can we chat about music for a second? Yeah, yeah. One of my greatest passions. Um, and I know when you and I had a chance to chat on the phone a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to learn a lot, but um, I want, I would love for you to be able to share with listeners um, yeah, what music, how you've come into music um, in the last year for yourself and your husband and what what you've learned about yourself in that. I, I that question, you know, there, this is, this fits right into, I think your first question, which is, it's, it's just so hard to answer because there are, mm-hmm. quite honestly, there are just so many blessings that are hard to even keep track of in all of this, but music, and I'm so glad you asked about that, is has been essential for survival. It has been a gift that we both received. I can only say that it was grace because I don't think that I merited it through anything that I did. Um, we are, I mean, we're both prior naval officers. And so we are also both athletes and uh, familiar with uh, being able to be disciplined about training and practice and my husband decided this is his two-year mark last month for guitar. He decided two years ago that he was going to play an hour a day uh, of guitar. And so that's what he did. And he's been doing it since. He just started picking up the piano last, last month. Um, really? the, man picked up, the man picked up a harmonica and a guitar and started playing right away. I don't even understand this. I don't even understand how that's possible, but that's what I'm talking about. I mean, he's just ridiculously talented, but... Um, but he has been a source of inspiration and is, is responsible for putting the baby Taylor in my hands. Uh, so he gave me this, uh, one of the best gifts that anybody could ever receive of, of music and an instrument that fit my body, that I could transform my pain into something else, into an emotion that was truly felt uh, not in my body, but all around me, it, it could be transferred into spirit. Um, and I think it can be felt in that way. And, uh, and a guitar, as you know, it's, it's something you can feel. It's not just something that, you know, you can hear your voice and you can feel it on your fingertips, but, but maybe the baby Taylor and yeah, the vibrations and the energy. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe the baby Taylor in particular, just because it's got like that rounded back to it, uh, and it's a very bluesy little guitar. It's got such big sound for how small it is. I mean, it's on my wall right now and it's, it's little, you know, yeah, but, yeah. but the reason that it's little, I mean, it's a wonderful instrument that was created seemingly for, for bodies that, <laughs> that needed that shape. I don't know. I don't know. But when I, when that was given to me, gosh, that was one year ago, last January, um, it just felt right in my hands. It felt like, oh yeah, this is mine. I just, I just felt it. And so my first song was a lead belly song. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I was, you know, it's classic blues because it just fit my life for the time. And that I like that kind of music anyway, but oh, yeah. uh, I just thought, you know what, let's just lean into this. People do this. This is historic. I mean, let's just see what happens. I've got nothing to lose at this point. Um, and, and I had heard all the tales about how, you know, it takes a while for your hands and it hurts and blah, blah, blah. Well, if you know anything about me, you know that none of that really matters because I probably don't accept reasonable limits for my own behavior a lot of times. But 
<clears throat> but in this regard, that was really helpful and probably needed because the guitar as a, as a gift um, from God was something that I needed to be able to get through that experience. Um, I needed the bike. I needed God. I needed my husband. I need a guitar. I need a guitar. Um, and so it wasn't an option to not play guitar. It didn't really matter what happened to my hands. Um, and quite honestly, the emotional pain was so much, it, it outweighed anything that the physical could have ever uh, brought up for me. And so to think about that, it's just like, it wasn't, it wasn't a thought. It wasn't a thought at all. And so I just played it as, as many days as I could um, for about an hour, as many days as I could while I was still working and uh, still trying to breathe. And my body, this happened a couple months before we moved, we moved in December. It was actually the month before we moved, November. Um, I've been doing kettlebell, changing up uh, with intermittent fasting, but also just switching over to almost completely uh, a natural organic diet to try and help myself. Um, and my husband's been doing the same thing. And so when we, when we did that and also, you know, we're combining that with guitar, we're seeing these, this transformation take place. And one song turned into another song and I don't know how long it took me, but I was playing a song within a month. Um, that same song I was playing that in a month. And, and I heard that that was relatively unusual, but this is a pandemic. So I don't really have anybody to talk to you. Like I <laughs> just try to learn. I just do things on my own and I learn at my own pace and I've always been a pretty good learner. And so, uh, I, like I said, I don't think it was as much me. I think it was, I was given this gift and the ability to pick this up quickly because I needed it. And, uh, and if I didn't have, I don't know, I don't and, know what would have happened. Coupled with your amazing discipline and drive, I think too, Michelle, like, all right. I mean, it sounds like it was, it was one more self-care doesn't, that's just not even, doesn't do it justice, that word, but in many ways it, it became just, um, the soul nourishing healing yeah. tool for you that became a non-negotiable uh, you know just yeah. like talking about the bike and your movement and um your eating it's like so I just love that that's that's amazing it is what you said it, it became a, a non-negotiable yeah exactly that because it was needed and and to think to look at this baby Taylor now and to think my body was so inflamed and and just you know, bent and sent is the, is the appropriate term, but bent and sent that that's what I could hold. I couldn't even hold, I couldn't even put my arms around a full guitar. Mm. Couldn't even do it. Just and like, now I'm playing a full size guitar. And that was come November when, uh, when nothing sounded right on my guitar, I just sounded buzzy. And so my first thought was maybe I need to change my strings. No, I just changed my strings. So I retuned, you know, I go through the steps and and I thought, what? There's all this. I'm just checking out my elbow and my, you know, my space here. Like, Why is there all this space? And and I realized my posture has been slowly. Yeah, I've been noticing it, but you know, the notice that that point where you really notice that that difference, and it's that yoga posture, right? It's the yoga posture of yeah. a, a broad chest leading with the heart, which kettlebell has been combined with yoga has been so meaningful. But my body had completely changed and. 
didn't even hold the same guitar in the same way to the extent that it sounds clangy. So it became very apparent that I needed a new guitar. <laughs> so for my birthday, my 35th birthday in November, this guitar showed up on reverb. I don't, I wasn't even looking for it. We were just looking around because we knew that we needed one. And I think the spirit just popped one up. It's got this beautiful slim neck and it, it, as soon as I felt that guitar, I had, I don't know how to, ex how to explain it. There was this experience of almost like a, a flash of images from, from where this, where this may have come from. Like what, what forest did this come from in Canada and, and what trees did they choose? Cause I know, I know what trees they, they, they chose on that. I know where the spruce is and, and I just had this flash of images and it all came together. It was just like a, I don't know, a matrix experience of you have all of this knowledge. You don't know what the heck you know, but you have it. <laughs> well, then you were holding it, its birth story. You got to yeah. like, let it come alive yeah. with you too. It did. It did. And I knew, oh, this is, this is mine. This, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And for me that, and that just, I mean, that just recently happened. But for me, that solidified, oh, I am supposed to play guitar. I am supposed mm -hmm. to sing. These things that do not, in my mind, come naturally because of my own mental obstacles. And, and it might be helpful for other people to know that it doesn't matter if you're a psychologist or how much healing or anything you've had. I mean, there's still doubts. There's still all the criticism. There's still all the junk that, that is part of you know, old circuits in my brain that, that still pops up. That that I have so much more help with now and is softer now, but it still happens. Yeah. Um, and it still has served as a barrier sometimes to, to sing and to play. And what I'm trying to do is, and I, I'm just trying to do it anyway and do it in front of other people. And, uh, and, and we're going to make some music and record it. So that's, that's a transition for you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's huge. And I, I appreciate that you use the word softer, that you're, practicing more softness and because what you just said, Michelle, I think rings true for all of us, right? Like those parts of us, as much as we work on them, the pieces of us that, you know, we've struggled with or um, experiences that we've had, um, they, they're still going to show up. And it's, I think it's, I like to believe it's, it's, we're being given the opportunity to learn how to love ourselves more wholly and, um, wrap our arms around all those parts of ourselves because they're always going to be there and they've made us who we are today even even if we didn't love them back then or we wish we could just kind of have fixed it you know fix those pieces and and be gone um I really do believe that it's about coming back to self-compassion and softening so and music is really oh, yeah. sounds like music has really become a way for you to to tap into that energy for yourself it has. It's been. It's been a lifeline for for both of us um, to go from this place to. I think I mentioned before it wasn't it wasn't perhaps as convenient as might have been planned, but for my husband to to come out with his own creation out of all this uh, and to release it to the world. That's I don't know incredible. how he did that so quickly. You I have no me. idea personally, but share it here for listeners too, because I mean, that's just mind blowing. It's amazing. <laughs> and it's like it for us. just two years and you just released an album. Well, he's, he's, he's a music fan and, mm -hmm. uh, 
he has been creating writing songs uh gosh i don't know how long but but trying to do that certainly since january of last year and some of those songs are coming into their being and it's so interesting how these gifts can come to be it's like you're you're given a gift but you don't necessarily know what it is or how to use it and it takes you time to figure that out and it might be a year or two <laughs> oh that's what that's for okay i get it now i get it now oh, oh, i'd like to be a little bit you know <laughs> quicker on the uptake but but then i think well that was when i figured it out and that was when it was meant to happen i think what you said was so so true and, and meaningful and took me so long to learn was not that these parts of myself need to be changed or dispelled or made different. Um, it's, it's seeing them and having compassion for what they've been through and knowing where to send love. Uh, and that might be, that might be the journey right there. Yeah. And you and your husband are now having this opportunity to also serve others who, and, and support others who may be able to really relate to your story um, and, and other kids who don't have the same support and love around them. So that's, I mean, you're what you painted that picture of what you're, what you're wanting to create with your space there in Oklahoma on the farm is, is it's so beautiful. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. We, we want it to be a place that really um, feels welcoming and safe to everybody. And it's just a place that you walk into and you just, you just want to look around because it's so pretty. And, uh, and we want it to be all to uh, the glory of God. And so I think it helps me to just not have to figure all that out. I mean, I've got blueberries in my living room right now. <laughs> I've also got pine, <laughs> turmeric, uh, garlic, chili pekin. Anyway, they're all just, they're all just waiting for a nice, set of warm sunny days to finally get oh, outside yeah. <laughs> That's great. so it's it's hard and I've got a bunch of trees outside that I'm that I've got winterized right now but but it's hard to kind of pull back and and not buy all the things that that I want to just landscape that space we want to build a stage we want to have uh, we've already got a platform a foundation already poured um, where we can have yoga maybe jujitsu and and just gather you know we want people uh to gather and and we're going to bring our guitars and we want people from all around to kind of do the same thing so we want it to be a place where people can have community um and it, it doesn't necessarily feel like that now it's a small town um but kind of like you know kind of like where we came from in texas there are so many little small towns all around and people drive yeah. uh, to to check things out and it's just oh, kind of how it is yeah. over here yeah Oh, I love that vision. That's huge. And community pieces, gosh, it's just so important and so needed. You know, I think that um, I like to believe we're com coming back to that in wildly through this pandemic. I think people Me are too. waking up to the fact that they, that we all need connection. Um, yeah. Even more so. So um, that whole village idea of like, you know, whether you're blood family or not, like you can create, create that around you. Yeah. I mean, it's Even kind of like a return to basics. Not easy, but yeah. 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 You know, it's, that. it's a return to, to what we had before everything else, right? We mm -hmm. had people, we had each other, mm -hmm. we had natural medicine through plants. We mm -hmm. had sunshine. We had the ability to sing and, and to make music. And there's yeah. so much healing just in that. Yeah, totally. 
That's huge. Michelle, so we talked a little bit, I mean, you've alluded to so many um, incredible habits and tools that you use to really support yourself and and that you two have come back to um, through your your grief and your pain. Um, and that has really supported you. I'd love to know, like, what does the day in the, in the life of Michelle look like? And I'm not saying like every single detail, but it like, take us, take me through, take us listeners through a day. Yeah. <laughs> your, I mean, today your might ritual, be. your practices, like how you nourish. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it would probably, you know, outside of this conversation, it'd probably be very much uh, like today. I would. So so my 5 a.m. has shifted more to about a 6 or 6.30. We have, we have some tall hills in Oklahoma, and they're wonderful because to my eyes, they don't look different than mountains. So growing up in Southern California, yeah. it just feels sort of nostalgic being here. It's way more green. Um, but, but the point being, the sun gets up a little bit later, and uh, that might be good for farming. But it also means that I don't really know what time it is because I'm used to, I'm used to it coming up at a different time. So I'm just trying out this new schedule and I'm seeing how I like it. And uh, the new schedule has been um, get up about then. And then my first hour is uh, something that I, I just love and I look forward to it whenever I think about it. So sometimes the night before I'll, I'll, I'll get a little bit excited about <laughs> the morning because my morning routine used to just, it, it wasn't great. And, uh, and for this whole last year, what I decided to do was, you know what, we're going to have a full hour and it's going to be an Al-Anon and a scripture type of morning. And so that's what I do every morning is I have my coffee and I get out my Al-Anon books and I read a page and I often will have some plans. I like going through the Bible app and I have these plans that I select in advance and I just do one, um, one per day. And then I spend whatever time is left in the Bible. And for me, this last year was the first time that I was able to get through every word. And, uh, and the Bible app was so helpful for me because you can have, um, you can have a narration and it's a good narration too. And so you can be listening to it while you're doing other things. But what I found is that it is so confusing. I mean, in so many different versions, I mean, it can be so confusing. Yeah. Um, the NIV version worked well for me, but but I think just being open to the confusion and not having to know, but also allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal to me what I need to know when I need to know it. And mm-hmm. so that, that's been my hour of, I don't know what I need to know. I don't know how to get through this. I just know that I need to be here. I need to show up. So if I can show up, that's what I can do today. And whatever else happens, I just have to be open. And so yeah, I love that. my, I, I skipped ahead a little bit, but <clears throat> if I were to wake up uh, every day and tell you what actually happens, um, my first thought might be about something that I want to do. Oh, I want to get all these things. Sometimes I jump out of bed and I'm so excited about what I have planned. I want to plant this. I want to do... And it's like forgetting the serenity prayer. So I back up and, mm-hmm. and I close my eyes and I just, I thank the Lord for the day. And I ask for uh, my thoughts and my actions to be guided. And I ask him to make me the light that he wants in the world every day. So that's all I do is I don't know what that is. I don't have to determine it is, you know what that is. And I'm just going to obey. I'm just going to obey. So then I roll into my my Al-Anon, my scripture reading, and 
And that bolsters me. Uh, we were talking a little bit about the armor of God. And I know that's a really big topic, but for me, I don't need all the armor of the world. I don't need all the stuff that I think or used to think that I need. I just need the basics and the spirit has all the armor that we need. And so um, that's something that I think about a lot is, is that hour is my way of arming up for the day. That's my way of doing self-care before anybody has a chance <laughs> to, you know, to, to demand something of me or before I'm required to do anything is I'm filling up the tank first, then I'm going to go do these other things. Mm-hmm. So um, it's got to involve some yoga too. So um, at, at the very least, I mean, it's got to involve, you know, at least we've got to have some rounds of some serious. So we've got to have at least three rounds. Um, probably every other day I will get um, my yoga in in the morning. And then the other days I get it in in the evening. So there's, there's different ways that I do it. Yeah. But, uh, but that's how I go about it. And a couple of days a week, like today, I'll have my um, online Al-Anon meeting and the, the quote unquote chores that I have for the for the day include things like uh, planting. <laughs> so I have, I have a uh, probably more herbs than I have space to plant right now. So, <laughs> so but I'll probably plant about uh, 10 different herbs today. I'm starting an herb garden um, on the top tent. So we have a, a couple indoor grow tents just to, to kind of get a jump on the season, but mm-hmm. um, I'll start on some of those and then kombucha making is next. And so it is a kombucha day. So about four gallons a week is somewhere around three or four gallons is what we go through. But I got to tell you, I can keep up with the demand. There's something about (laughs) the shift when we moved here. I don't know what it is. A lot of people talk smack about well water, but all I have to say is it was wonderful. It has been some of the best tasting water I've ever had. Um, And the booch loves it. I call it the booch for short. Um, (laughs) The booch loves it. It's just, you know, there's, there's bubbling going on and there's fast fermentation and, it's so that's great. why we probably can't keep it in demand. It's just, it's become a, it's become a beast, but it's wonderful. <laughs> that's so, so you know, what yeah. a problem to have, or yeah, challenge to have, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, the other, the other problem I want to tackle is I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, one, how to grow some mushrooms in the closet, but two, how do I get a, a, a container big enough full of apple cider vinegar um, that mm-hmm. will make it worth its while. So those are the problems that I'm, yeah, <laughs> we're composting, we're soiling, we're cover cropping. There's, there's a lot going on. Yeah. You're creating, you're planting. I'm like, imagine just you're planting all these literal seeds and yeah. other, other metaphorical seeds for your, what you're creating together. It's, yes. it's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So one more question, Michelle, that was on my mind is if you had any other words or, yeah, I guess just words and support for people who can relate to your story of infertility, um, what would you, what would you share? And you've shared a lot of wonderful um, tools, but I'm just curious if you had anything else to share. I think what comes to mind is opening your mind. That's what I needed. I needed to open my mind to alternative possibilities. And and they weren't possibilities that I could even imagine. I mean, if you asked me prior to June last year mm-hmm. and said, you know, are you going to move to Oklahoma and start a farm and dissolve your practice and do all that? <laughs> move away from your family and your friends. Are you going to do all that and 
be in a totally new place where you don't know anyone. I, I don't know that I would have expected that to happen, but, uh, yeah, but we have been given, uh, you know, the, I think the courage to, to do that, but the return to faith and family was something that we were shown because of how uh, much pain we were in. Mm-hmm. And we were in that pain, not because we chose infertility, of course, not because we chose that problem, but because that was the problem that we saw and defined as the problem. Yeah. And, and it was a position in some ways we put ourselves in um, because, I mean, I could share with you probably for an hour about all the preparations, all the preparations we made for kids, um, the house, the car, all the st- all the things that you'd think were responsible, uh, but at the end of the day, come down to nothing, right? All of our, all of your plans are for naught. It's kind of like, okay, well, what really does matter then? Well, what I came to learn from all of that was not just, you know, I need to open my mind and be open to being pliable at this time, but it was in every area of my life. It wasn't, I was hopeful that it was just this one area of my life. Okay, God, I'll be pliable in this one area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will surrender in this one area. And God just laughed at me and, and showed me the areas of my way because the pain didn't stop. Um, and what I realized was, and I know this doesn't fit for everybody. And this is not, this is not a criticism or a judgment for anybody else's life. It is simply an observation about my own and, and what I've seen from how I was raised. And that came from a place of feminism, which we can, we can laud in some ways um, what it's done, but there have been consequences and, mm-hmm. and that the consequences has been unquantifiable, but it has encouraged this atmosphere where I think people are expected or they think that they have to do a certain thing. They need to work or they need to work in a certain way or they need to get that job or they need to, you know, it's, it's this pressure um, to do what you think you need to do or what somebody tells you you need to do. I don't think that's what this life is about. I don't think it's about what we think we're supposed to do or what somebody else thinks what we're supposed to do. I mean, God knows what I'm supposed to do. I don't know necessarily what that is until he tells me today. It may be what I think is just what I told you. Oh, I've got these things going on. Somebody may come to my door and say, I need this or I need help. Okay, done. Mm -hmm. We're doing that. Mm -hmm. That level of flexibility is not something that, that I had. I thought I did and I did in a lot of ways, but, but not when it comes to surrendering everything. And that's a, that's a tall order. That's a tall it's, order. Yeah, it takes and a lot of practice. <laughs> yeah. I so mean, I so like I started with one thing, practice. you know? Yeah. yeah. It's it's just what you say. It's it's practice. And so maybe you don't start with the biggest thing in your whole life, but maybe you start with one thing. Can I can I trust him to help me find my phone, my keys? Mm-hmm. Can I trust him with this one decision? Can I trust him with helping me figure out what do I make for dinner tonight? I mean, that's may sound silly, but but we're we're encouraged to trust for all things, all things, and to pray mm-hmm. about all things. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think that it's a limitation that we don't know how to do these things or that we've never been shown or that we have no clue. I don't think that that's a limitation at all because God doesn't have limitations. We can ask. Um, sometimes I need to ask how to do a certain thing. Sometimes I need to be willing to be willing. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and I love that because... I'm not always willing. With Oklahoma, I was not willing. 
And so I prayed about willingness and Mm -hmm. that's where I was for two weeks is I prayed on willingness and God made me willing. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to work at that. I just asked for it. And he provided by faith, you shall have what you ask for. Mm -hmm. It happens all the time. It's so, for me, it's been so undeniable that there's nothing that I can, there's nothing that I can do, but, but trust. There's no other alternative. Everything else is insanity. So, so I don't think that anybody has to know um, how it's supposed to be or what they're supposed to do or how to get out of what they're doing. Um, but I do think that everybody has a divine purpose and there's so much noise, interference oh, yeah. in our own heads from the expectations of others, from what we're told, um, from the media and from everywhere else, what a woman is, what a man is, who we should be, who we shouldn't be, what we should be doing. And my wild idea that would you know, encourage pliability with everyone would be to forget what you know. And that may seem weird. Forget what I know. How am I supposed to do anything in the world if I forget what I know? What if it's all pointless? And what if you ask God, what am I supposed to be doing? Because if you're miserable and you're in pain, there is a reason. And there was a reason that I was miserable and in pain. And it wasn't just because I had a bad gut bacteria. It wasn't because of all the life circumstances. It was because I was trying to force a life that was not my own. Mm. I thought that I could have it all. I thought that, and I'm not saying that that, that isn't possible for some people. I think, I think that everybody gets to choose how they want their life to be and where they devote their attention. But for me, I knew that I was not going to be able to work full time and be a good wife and be a good mom. I didn't want to fit being a wife in with that. I didn't want to fit motherhood in with that. And that's what I grew up with. And I did not want that. But yet I found myself in that exact same situation. So what does that tell you? Right. Right. As a psychologist, I think, Oh, I want the wisdom of the body to say, stop. I'm going to, I'm going to, it's, have you ever, um, you ever heard of the book, Michelle, when the body says no, Mm. I'm blanking out on who the author is in this moment, but um, it's just, yeah, it's just our, the, that whole powerful mind body connection that you've been talking about this whole time. But um, when our bodies finally <laughs> scream at us, so, like yeah. something needs to change and it, it yeah. And that's what I would takes that. ever want you to have to go through what you've gone through to um, and, and all that pain. And it's brought you to this, this point. Um, it's incredible. I think it's only gratitude that I can have for this, you know, because of the pain it has brought me to this place of awakening to see what is actually harming me. We didn't see these things. And I think that's so true for, for everybody out there. There are these things that are all around us that we don't see uh, that are harming us. And, you know, we've talked about so many of them, whether it's the chemicals in the food, whether it's the fluoride in the water. I mean, you have to go to such lengths to try and take care of yourself on a basic mm-hmm. level for basic food and water, um, let alone all the other stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have to work so hard at doing that. I love, and I, and with that, I love, I love that you said, you know, to the invitation to open, open your minds as well as, you know, from you, I'm also hearing like, open your heart, open your minds, open your heart. Yeah, Yeah. this is, this is a tall order. And, and I don't think that I could have just decided, oh yeah, I'm just going to open my mind or open my heart. I mean, these are things that I absolutely had to to ask for, to pray about, to meditate on, and to work at 
every single day, but because I could see them, they were something that I could work at. And, and I don't think it has to be so dramatic in terms of the pain or the, the discomfort that everybody necessarily feels. I think it's, I think it's evident in the fact that we have half of all women in America on an antidepressant. I mean, women are not happy. So why aren't they happy? You know, I think it, I think it merits the question, why are you depressed? Why are you having this issue? Jordan Peterson talks about that a lot. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but why are you feeling this way? Well, is it because we're trying to make something that should not be? Um, is this your real life? Or is this the one that, you know, has been programmed by somebody else? This is making you happy. And I think that there's, it happens at such a subtle level because the expectations from society are so great that, that we just, we need to work. We get that job, right? And then we're the wage slave. Um, but we're not, not really living out our true purpose. I mean, how are we supposed to think, right? On, on the levels of, well, what do I need to take care of me? How can I serve others? How can I serve my community? If you're struggling and you're in fear all the time, you're not doing any of that higher level stuff. And that's where a lot of people are. And, and I'm not saying that that's totally voluntary, but, but the knowledge that you're in this place, that's where you're at. Yeah. Well, is there anything you can do about it? Okay. Well, what would that look like? You know, and I got stuck there for a while. I thought I needed to work, right? I can do, I thought I can work and I can somehow balance this. I can pull back hours or maybe I can move to park. Mm -mm 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 -mm. For me, it takes the focus off of the most important thing other than serving God. The most important thing was family. Mm -hmm. It's God and family. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it rings true. And uh, I imagine for a lot of listeners out there too, I mean, it's that whole idea. Um, I've been, I've been very much like that, like aware of this in the last few years is, you know, I've been diving in my businesses, just yeah. that programmed, that programmed metric of um, like, let's just use finances as a big example that I'm, I'm healing my own money story. You know, it's because I, grew up thinking that I had to, in order to be successful, you know, I have to make a certain amount of money. Um, and right. if, I, if I'm not, then I'm failing or I'm not showing up strong enough or I need to just, you know, do better. Right. Um, I'm, I'm not, yeah. not enough, you know, and just all those, those pieces. And, and, and I know everyone battles with it. So not just women, but I, because I Everybody. work so much mm -hmm. with women, I, um, and I am a woman, I, I really witness a lot of women, um, speaking or going through what you're what you're talking about michelle so kind of being able to step back and really ask like is this serving me the way i'm choosing to live or these even the smallest choices like is this i love to use like is this enlivening and nourishing or is this depleting and um yeah hurting me so. yeah being being aware of that transfer yeah. of energy what's actually happening with that right and i think if we're so busy we don't see the energy oh, yeah. transfer. We don't, we don't right. see the transaction. We miss it. Right. Completely. Right. Yeah. But this is happening, you know, all around us. And I know that, you know, the chemicals and other things don't help either because it blocks us from this awareness. Right. Of yeah. even seeing what's happening. And we're told by everyone in the media that none of this is happening. So people are being gaslit. Right. But if we look at labels, we know what's in it. Mm. We know the truth. Yeah. And if you're feeling unhappy, there's a reason you're unhappy too. And it may be the exact reason that 
that everybody tells you it's not. Um, maybe there's a really good reason and it may mean a lifestyle transition. It may be something, something different that you can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about letting go of the attachment and, and shifting away from the should or, or it's yeah. the should. Sometimes it's a real like drive and desire, but I think, um, you know, from your coming back to your story, you know, really, witnessing and hearing you letting go of the attachment of what you thought your life would be like and what you wanted it to look like to surrender and, um, and opening, um, and you, you and your husband really coming together in this strength and courage, um, to take a different path. Yeah. Thank you, Michelle, for all the sharing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It's been been a joy. Um, I do feel like we could keep going. Um, I, um, maybe, I, I mean, I was just thinking, gosh, I want, I want to know, like, I can't wait to, to witness and hear what keeps unfolding, um, and the creativity and the creation that, that you build. Um, so maybe, you know, a year from now we can re- re- reconnect and do this again in this way. Obviously, that sounds great. Otherwise, but <laughs> things will be um, probably very different here. I'll yeah. have some things on the ground by then. <laughs> I know it's so cool, and I know that you know you are really in in the planting seeds process. So you don't have um, necessarily a website or anything. But if someone listening really feels called to reach out to you, um, how could they find you? Email is best. It's my Email? first name. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Do you want to? Should I, I can just say it out loud, Michelle. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-C. Actually, what is it? Dot C. Dot C dot Mahone. M-A-H-O-N-E at gmail.com. Michelle dot C dot Mahone. Awesome. And I'll put that in the podcast notes too. So, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Michelle. Oh, I appreciate you, Annie. Yeah, me you. So great to connect.